1: Hello and welcome to the 49ers first and 10 podcast 10 minutes of the most up to date 49ers news first thing in the morning. I'm your host Brianna McDonald and I'm joined by 49ers team reporter Lindsay Flores. On Friday, we highlighted some of the notable 49ers draftees that came out of the third and fifth rounds. And today we're going to identify some standout sixth and seventh round picks from the 49ers draft history. But before we do that, I just wanted to emphasize that it's draft week. Lindsay, what should the
2: faithful expect from this week? Well, I think a quiet first day as it stands. If nothing were to change today, the 49ers won't be involved with any selections on Thursday. Always subject to change. So I do want to put that disclaimer out there, but... Um, We're going to have a very busy third round and on if we have 11 picks going on. So faithful, stay tuned. Yeah, we've got some back-to-back ones. So
1: (laughs) keep your notifications on for the 49ers app and 49ers.com. We're going to be hitting you with all the content. All right. So now let's look back at 49ers draft history and identify those late round draft gems. This year, the 49ers are scheduled to have just one pick in the sixth round, number 216 overall. The players on our current roster who were drafted by San Francisco in the sixth round are running back Elijah Mitchell, tight end Charlie Warner, and offensive lineman Nick Zakel. These aren't really forgettable names. These guys have had a huge impact on the team, especially Elijah Mitchell. I don't think the faithful could ever forget his rookie season.
2: Tell me about that group of guys. Yeah, you know, I think it just, again, speaks to all of the success the 49ers have had drafting late. And I think it's talked about across the league, their skill and ability to identify what a lot of people call draft gems. And I think you look at this list. And again, Elijah Mitchell is the one that really stands out. Um, He was the rushing leader in 2021. His rookie season was just shy of that thousand yard rushing mark. 207 carries for 963 rushing yards in year one. Um, Year two was a little bit more difficult for him just because of a couple separate MCL injuries, which were unfortunate, but he's healthy. We are expecting a big season from Elijah Mitchell and, again, Charlie Warner making the 53-man roster. He's absolutely part of that tight end group. And Nick Sakel, as a rookie, also made the 53-man roster Expecting a big year from him in year two. So I think, again, we're hoping for some more sixth and seventh round draft gems uh, in just a few days. Now, out of
1: the alumni who are 49ers draftees, who stands out to you on that sixth round list?
2: Yeah, if I had to pick one guy out, I would definitely say Delaney Walker. Uh, You know, he just recently retired uh, in October of last year. And obviously he played, I think, his most meaningful years of football with the Tennessee Titans, and um, you know, that was his last seven seasons of his career. But you can't overlook the fact that he was drafted in the sixth round by the San Francisco 49ers uh, in uh, 2006, um, played 14 seasons, obviously went on to have a very successful career. Um, so I think, again, just the ability of this organization to identify talent not just by what's on the field, but characteristics of a player. We hear it over and over again. This organization likes to draft leaders um, and strong members of their community. High character. We always hear that. And I think it holds true and you see it in all of these quote unquote draft gems.
1: I love it. I'm excited to see what the team does with that one sixth round pick. They definitely do not go unnoticed. But moving on to the seventh round, the 49ers are set to have four picks the most out of any of the rounds. And I think when I say seventh round, everyone goes straight to thinking Brock Purdy. I mean, former Mr. Irrelevant, he completely flipped the narrative on what it means to be the last pick in the draft. How has he contributed to the team and really impacted the entire league?
2: I mean, I would say he changed the course of the 2022 season, right? Uh, It's absolutely such a rare thing to have a team lose two of its starting quarterbacks to injury. And then look to a rookie that was a seventh round draft pick and not just a seventh round draft pick, but like you mentioned, the final pick of the 2022 NFL draft. And he went on to start eight straight games for the 49ers, lead them straight to the NFC championship game. Obviously, an elbow injury derailed probably the way that that whole game, you know, would have would have panned out. We don't know. Um, But obviously just a huge lift to the locker room. And was he was able to allow this team to continue playing at a very high level. And like you mentioned, I think he changed the perception of what it means to be Mr. Irrelevant, to be selected in the seventh round. And that's actually what NFL draft analyst, Daniel Jeremiah said in his press conference availability that we had last week to preview. Uh, The draft that I think teams moving forward are not going to count out their seventh round draft picks, especially at the quarterback position, because as you saw, Brock Purdy was able to give this team new life. And who's to say that another seventh rounder can't do that in the same position as him. So, again, I think it just um, I don't know. I think it just gives a fresh outlook on later round picks in general. Since we're talking Brock Purdy, what's the latest on his recovery process? Yeah, as far as we know, he is working on range of motion exercises. I think the real key date that everyone keeps working towards is that three-month mark because that is when his medical team and the 49ers are going to be able to do some more test evaluations and really get a better outlook of what his true timeline is going to be. So there is no quote-unquote timeline until he hits that three-month mark. He had his surgery on March 10th. So we're looking at an early June evaluation. But I mean, we saw him, I believe, at a Giants game not too long ago. So he's looking happy. He's looking like he's working towards health. And that's really all you could ask of him.
1: And he was in the building for the first round of mini camp. So that's exciting to see that he's back on the field, working closer and closer to hopefully that three-month mark. All right. So, NFL draft analyst Daniel Jeremiah spoke about how Brock Purdy has completely changed the way teams analyze seventh-round picks. Here's what he had to say:
0: I think there's always been two different camps when it comes to seventh-round picks to late-round picks. There's there's okay, we want guys with uh, you know kind of established resumes who have been punished through the process for not being as big or fast you know as they need to be. They don't fit all the specs, but they're good football players. High, You know, we feel like high floor and maybe they've been devalued through the process because of that. And then there's others that are just trait hunting at that point in time saying, I don't care what level they played at. I don't care how much playing time they got. We're going to just get try and get the biggest, fastest guys we can. And we'll try and develop them with our system. Um, So I think there's always been those two schools of thought in the seventh round with Brock Purdy. I think it's not only impacting what. um you know, what could happen late in the draft, you know, in terms of maybe, okay, this guy's played a lot of football. He's a good player. Maybe he's not the wow, you know, the wow traits, but maybe that helps a player like that. I also think it's going to impact, you know, where that, that next tier of quarterbacks comes off the board. So in other words, if you're looking at a quarterback and you're looking at the third round group and you start getting into like the Jaron Halls and the Jake Hayners, um, the Tanner McKees, you know, the, the, uh, DTRs from UCLA, that the traits that made Purdy a hit, I think teams are going to place a lot more premium on the traits that he possessed in terms of, you know, uh, accuracy, intelligence, you know, decision-making and, and more than anything else, I think the fact he's played a lot of football, they've, they've figured out the makeup part of this whole thing. Um, They, they've, uh, they've found it. I mean, Hufanga, they raved about him at USC. He walked into that program. He was a leader. He was incredibly productive. He just didn't run fast. So they're able to see past some of that stuff and uh, and see guys that are really really smart, tough, and instinctive football players, and uh, and plug them in. Obviously, you get some more athleticism with some of the other guys you mentioned, but all those guys uh, off the field, like work ethic and tangibles, like elite, 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 elite. So sometimes this thing is not just evaluating these guys as players; it's evaluating them as as people and competitors and all that. And I got to believe it helps having John there, you know, as somebody who's kind of epitomizes what you'd want in a football player. Um, he knows what it looks like. So with him and Adam Peters, who I think is as good as anybody in the league um, at evaluating players, they've got a great personnel department and, and Kyle has uh, has a really good idea of what he wants at every position. So when you get a coaching staff that gives you a good menu and you get guys that know how to go find it, you, you get a lot of success.
1: All right, that'll do it for today. We'll keep you updated on all of the latest off-season information always on 49ers.com and right here on First and 10. Thank you so much Lindsay for joining me in this off-season update. Don't forget to follow First and 10 on Spotify and thank you faithful for tuning in.